This is Downtown Lowdown with Downtown Halifax Business Commission. Welcome to Downtown Lowdown with Downtown Halifax Business Commission. This is where you can find out all you need or want to know about Downtown Halifax. I'm Ivy Ho, Director of Communications. And I'm Alana McDonald-Mills, Director of Marketing. We are your hosts for Downtown Lowdown. This is our 10th special COVID-19 episode, and we are recording this episode via video conferencing as we are still working remotely from our homes. So we apologize in advance for any issues with the sound quality. We are going to start this episode with a conversation with Dr. Leanne Roach and Dr. Kelsey Benang from Insight Optometry. Dr. Roach and Dr. Benang are going to share with us the challenges that Insight Optometry has faced during the pandemic situation and how they have pivoted their practice and business to adjust to physical distancing. Paul McKinnon, CEO of Downtown Halifax Business Commission, is back to give us updates on the Nova Scotia Business Labor Economic Coalition, along with DHBC's latest advocacy efforts. We'll also review what businesses are up to since the state of emergency was declared back in March, and we'll finish with some updates regarding what's open for business in Downtown Halifax and how you can stay connected with the Downtown Halifax community in this time of physical distancing. And this episode is being recorded on Tuesday, May 19th, 2020 one day later than usual because of Victoria Day. The pandemic situation is still changing daily. To keep up to date, you can visit downtownhalifax.ca slash COVID-19 or visit novascotia.ca slash coronavirus. Now we will start our discussion with Alana and Dr. Leanne Roach and Dr. Kelsey Benang from Inside Optometry. Today we are welcoming Dr. Leanne Roach and Dr. Kelsey Benang from Inside Optometry. Inside Optometry opened in 1981 with a focus on providing outstanding vision health care in combination with excellent patient service. Dr. Roach and Dr. Benang are going to share with us the challenges that Inside Optometry has faced during the pandemic situation and how they have had to pivot their practice and business to adjust to physical distancing. Welcome to Downtown Lowdown, Dr. Roach and Dr. Benang. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. How has the COVID-19 situation impacted Inside Optometry? So just like many downtown businesses, COVID has had a significant impact on Insight Optometry. Um, As of March 17th, we were only open to emergency and urgent eye care and no longer seeing routine eye examinations. So we're very thankful to still be open to provide emergency care to our patients in this time of need. Uh, We're now trying to kind of navigate through our new normal and what this means for our patients and our staff. Uh, A day in our current life has resulted in adjustments to office hours, staffing needs, doctor needs, exam duration, and incorporation of new safety protocols. Over the past couple months, we've been able to get to a point where we feel comfortable and safe in our work environment. And now our goal is to implement similar routines once we get the word that we can start seeing routine care again. And what has it been like seeing urgent patients during COVID-19? It's been Very different from what we're used to, of course, but now that we're a couple of months in, um, it does seem like the new normal, and I think we're just happy to be of service and put patients' minds at ease and refer them to the appropriate specialists if if need be, kind of like Kelsey had said before. Um, We've changed our office flow to allow for proper physical distancing between our staff members and also our patients. Mm -hmm. Um, So we have some partitions put up in our front reception area to kind of allow for, you know, the staff to free flow 
little bit, but also be protected. And um, all staff members who aren't separated by a partition, um, including ourselves, are wearing PPE. Um, so we acquired various shields um, mm-hmm. for our equipment so that we do. And uh, we also have shields that we that we wear um, and masks and uh, and gloves. But, you know, hand right. washing has really become the new routine really, really frequently. Um, and, yeah, it's just good to have that PPE mm-hmm. because a lot of what we do, we do have to break that six foot uh, distance rule in order to really get a proper view of, of somebody's eye. So um, having those extra partitions and, and then the PPE that we're wearing has been really helpful. Um, in terms of flow, we're allowing right now one patient in the office at a time. So there's, there's no overlap between different patients and um, kind of lets our, our us um, allows us to keep the, the foot traffic at a minimum. And yeah, so basically when, when a patient arrives, they, they call us and let them know, let us know that they're here. And, um, when it's, when it's safe to let them in, then we come and let them in and we do our thing. So does that mean only one of you can be in the office at a time or how does that work for scheduling appointments? Yeah, that's what, that's what we're doing right now. Just one of us, um, seeing patients at a time and, uh, you know, thankfully, the uh, people aren't having too many urgencies right now, at least from what we know of. So we're able to accommodate right. the people that call um, for appointments, usually the same day or the day after. Um, so that's been good. We haven't felt the need right now um, to, to have any more than one doctor on. Um, and yeah, so we've been scheduling, you know, making sure we have a good enough time to to do an appointment and then to disinfect after um, because yeah we have to allow a little bit more contact time for proper disinfection and everything and so um, you know an urgent appointment that we might have so to speak squeeze in at some point during our typical day before COVID um, it's really well planned now so that you know we have a good enough time to have a good conversation with the patient figure out what's going on and then um, really, really do a good job disinfecting afterwards. So it's a little bit more work then. <laughs> different work, I would say. More, more planning, maybe. <laughs> yeah. You kind of, it's, it's, it is different. You, right. You kind of know what your day is going to look like in a way. So that's, that's different for us because it used to be full of surprises. But yeah. Um, yeah. You know, we kind of, we know what to expect when we come in. <laughs> so Insight has an optical boutique, Spot Eyewear. How has the pandemic affected retail sales and how the store operates? So our optical is a significant part of our business, and unfortunately, this area of the office has not had a lot of foot traffic over the past couple of months. Uh, so just like other circumstances or changes in life, we're just trying to adapt with the times. And we've launched an online store, which in terms of the optical side of things, we wanted to feature some non-prescription sunglasses, both adult and kids with the summer months coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've also partnered with our Canadian buying group, OSI, to be partner in their online vision avenue program which provides the option for ordering single vision prescription lenses should you have an emergency with a broken pair of glasses during this time Um, here in store we currently have an optician available for glasses repairs adjustments or orders should they be required um, we've also made our online store accessible to our dry products, health eye, eye health products, sorry, and spectacle accessories and contact lenses. How are things going with the new Insight Optometry online store? Were there any challenges you faced when opening the online store? 
It's been going fairly well. Uh, so we went live on May 7th. Um, have been grateful for the response and support from our patients. And, and we're just kind of happy to have a secure online payment option now for uh, people who might be uncomfortable giving payment information over the phone. So um, hopefully we'll see some increase in our, in our contact free sales now. Um, in terms of challenges, I, th- I think the biggest challenge was just setting it up in general and, and uploading all of the products and choosing the products that we wanted to feature. Um, it was just a little unrealistic to feature every frame that we have in our, <laughs> in our optical room. Um, so we, mm-hmm. we picked and choose, picked and chose, and then, <laughs> um, yeah, I wanted to really showcase, as Kelsey mentioned, the, the dry eye products and, and eye health products and sunglasses. So, um, yeah, I really, really wanted to give um, an option for our patients to order their contact lenses uh, online. And that was challenging, just uploading all the different types of, of contact lenses and and various supply options. So to keep track of it all as we were uploading, it was probably the most challenging thing. And, yeah, I think uh, now that we have flattened that learning curve, we should hopefully be able to uh, to go through the rest of our products more quickly and put some new options on there. Uh, and will your online store stay open even after the pandemic ends? Absolutely. Uh, so this online store is actually something that we've discussed even prior to the COVID pandemic um, with online shopping kind of becoming the norm in a lot of ways. We knew down the road we would eventually make this move. Uh, COVID essentially forced us to make the decision sooner, but it was something we were happy to put the work and efforts into doing. Um, although relatively speaking, the COVID emergency has been short term, but the lasting impacts will be our new reality for the months or even a year to come. Um, and having the online store gives us the option for no contact payment for products, direct shipping, pickup option, which I think many patients will be looking for. And what impact do you think the COVID pandemic will have on future optometry practice? I think the main impact will be that telemedicine or virtual medicine will become more mainstream. Mm-hmm. Um, in optometry, there are many things that you know, simply we can't do virtually. Like it's really difficult to check a glasses prescription without right. a piece of equipment right in front of somebody's face, and um, to check the inside of the eyes with with a dilated retinal exam. That's that's obviously not you're not able to do that virtually. Um, but eyelid and exterior eye issues can sometimes be managed through video. And, and pictures and of course really listening to the, the patient's story and report of symptoms so um, as a profession hopefully we will be able to extend our reach to people who cannot leave their homes for whatever reason and improve mm-hmm. access to care overall. Mm-hmm. So some of the things might actually be positive that come out of this. Yeah, yeah I think that's a big positive um, yeah. and and yeah it's uh, for you know for I guess let's say, for instance, somebody has a, a viral infection that's relatively maybe it's one of the versions that's really low risk to vision or eye health overall. Mm-hmm. Um, it's nice. It'll be nice to have that option, I think, to kind of keep the patient home and reassure them yes. virtually um, versus having them come in and, and expose possibly expose others to to that type of virus. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to, to seeing how we can implement telemedicine and virtual medicine long term. Mm-hmm. What do you think of the government programs that have been implemented to help small businesses like Insight Optometry? Are they enough? Um, So I do want to thank the government for their efforts for small businesses. Um, In the beginning days, it was definitely hard to navigate through all the different programs. Mm -hmm. Uh, The government would be making multiple announcements about different initiatives. 
but there would be nowhere to apply. So it was quite overwhelming. And I understand it was very overwhelming for everyone involved. Um, but there were also programs announced that we would count on being eligible for. And then we didn't end up meeting some of the requirements. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not sure what other downtown business uh, businesses have experienced, but we were unable to make use of all the programs. Um, mm-hmm. We will likely be taking advantage of the rent deferral program and have made use of, use of the wage subsidy program, which have been very helpful during these times. So mm-hmm. we appreciate that. Mm-hmm. So is there anything else you would like to add? Oh, I guess just um, thank you for, for having us on, of course. It's a, a, a great talking to you, and mm-hmm. um, we wish you guys the best and hope everybody in the in downtown Halifax is staying healthy and mm-hmm. staying as positive as, as we can. Yeah. Thank you so thank much you for joining much. us today. Thank you very thank much. Thank you. Dr. Leanne Roach and Dr. Kelsey Benang are optometrists with Inside Optometry. Inside Optometry is dedicated to offering outstanding vision health care in combination with excellent patient service. Insight and their optical boutique, Spot Eyewear, are located at 1575 Brunswick Street. For more information, visit InsightOptometry.com. For the new online shop, visit Insight-Optometry.MyShopify.com. You can also follow at InsightOptometry on Facebook and Instagram and at InsightOptom on Twitter. We now have Paul McKinnon, CEO of Downtown Halifax Business Commission, who will be giving us an update on DHBC's advocacy efforts and the activities of the Nova Scotia Business Labour Economic Coalition, of which DHBC is an active member. So, Paul, what do you have for us today? Well, things are, are as always, uh, in flux and, and moving quickly. I'm, uh, I'm recording this uh, from uh, our office in downtown Halifax today. And I, and I noticed that I'm usually in about one day a week, uh, and I noticed that today it was just, it's just a lot busier downtown today than it has been for a long time. And I think, uh, you know, a lot of this is a result of some of the relaxation um, of rules, the, the bubble families we had over the weekends and beaches and parks opening up. So I think there is a sense that, that things are coming back to life um, quite a bit, which is good news. Um, there is still a bit of confusion, I think, around the government's uh, plans. There's still a lot of people calling for the government to have a reopening plan. They, they kind of have. Um, they've done a framework. Uh, but part of that confusion, I think, really stems from the fact that Nova Scotia uh, didn't order as many as many businesses closed or types of businesses closed as lots of other provinces did. Uh, and so in, in a lot of cases, there are businesses who, in fact, did close, but they weren't ordered to close. So a good example of that is, is retail. Uh, retail never had to close. A lot of them did. Some of them now have reopened. Um, but for any business that, that wasn't mandated to close by the public health order, they're able to operate uh, now uh, at any time. And, and really the main requirement is, of course, that they, you know, uh, provide social distancing, uh, you know, make, make sure they're keeping their employees safe and their customers safe. Uh, but as long as they do that, they can be in operation. Uh, the exception to that are some some uh, types of businesses that were ordered close, uh, like bars, like like restaurants in terms of the dine-in portion of it, uh, like salons and spas and barbers and, and that type of thing. So for those businesses, uh, there is going to be a reopening plan, which is laid out in the, the provincial framework. Um, and part of the responsibility that falls on them is to is to submit a plan um, to the province. Really, it's not really a regulatory process, but really kind of for advice and review is uh, what the province is asking for is businesses to kind of show what they what they plan to do to meet the requirements. And so if you're part of, a, of an industry association, I think about the restaurants with the Restaurant Association of Nova Scotia, uh, they've already been doing that. There's a lot of active work on that. Um, there may be some businesses, if they're, if you're, if you're ordered closed and you're not sure if you've got an association uh, or you're not sure how you're going to uh, reopen, uh, certainly uh, reach out to the provincial government um, or reach out to us and we can probably connect you with the right people as well. Uh, because certainly we don't want people to, to, to be closed longer than, than the government says they have to be. So. 
it's kind of a little reminder, but so we're, we're trying not to use the words a reopening plan or a reopening of the economy. It's, it's really uh, kind of a rejuvenation or a re-energizing. Um, but, uh, but no question that we're, we're heading towards that. And, and as long as we can kind of keep the, uh, the curve flattened and, and the case is low, uh, we should see a pretty steady progression of that. So, um, and even in some of my conversation with, with, uh, with peers, other offices in, in other provinces nearby, um, offices are starting to reopen as well. So I think we will, we'll see that ramping up uh, over the next week or so. So any questions or concerns about that, certainly feel free to reach out uh, to us at the Business Commission and we'll uh, help you any way that we can. Uh, so that's one highlight. Um, there is there was a new uh, uh, fund announced uh, last week um, here in uh, Halifax, Nova Scotia. It's been delivered through ACOA, uh, and it's really meant to be a fund that that covers uh, businesses that kind of have fallen through the other cracks. So if you're a business that, that simply wasn't eligible for whatever reason for other federal programs, this is meant to be a fund that can kind of uh, kind of catch those people from falling through the cracks. Uh, the details are still emerged in terms of how it's going to be. Uh, actually distributed the uh, the fund right now. I think if you go on the website, it, it really indicates that it's uh, it's more for rural businesses. Uh, there is going to be an urban component, which hasn't all been worked out yet. But we're encouraging businesses if you haven't been able to apply for other funds uh, to check out the ACOA site and submit an application now, uh, because there will be a limited amount of money and they're still sorting out those details. It looks like uh, the program uh, in the urban core will be delivered uh, through the Center for Entrepreneurship, Education and Development (SEED), who a lot of our businesses. Um, I think just about every small business, retailer, restaurant uh, that's, that's started up has, has worked with Seed before. Uh, they're great folks, so um, feel free to reach out to them as well. That looks like they'll be the ones that are actually delivering the program uh, on ACOA's behalf. Uh, so there's further information on that on our website uh, under federal program. So is there a deadline for that, or is it just when the money runs out? Um, I think it's when the money runs out. I don't think it's a deadline at the moment. There's a, you know, the, there's, I think there's a start date posted on there, but so that's, that's kind of what we're hearing is there, there have been programs that – um, the people have kind of held off on waiting to get more details. And because there was a finite pot of money, uh, by the time they applied, the money was gone. So we're always encouraging our, our members, even even if the details haven't worked out, if, if there is an application phase, it's, it's better to get your application in and change your mind than, than wait too long and, uh, and miss out. So uh, we would encourage folks, if they're looking to, to access those funds, to, to do it sooner rather than later. Uh, and then finally, there's uh, been a lot of conversation uh, on social media, on Zoom calls, on uh, uh, I was going to say on street corners, probably you know, I guess a few on street corners, uh, mostly uh, over the phone and, and online around you know, what's happening really across the world uh, in cities uh, that are seeing um, uh, areas where they're creating pedestrian plazas, they're they're widening sidewalks, they're restricting. Um, uh, lots of streets to vehicles. They're creating these great networks of, uh, of connected bike, bike lanes and pedestrian pathways. Uh, and really just kind of, um, I guess, reallocating um, streets um, a little bit away from the car or maybe a lot away from the car and more towards other methods of, of active transportation. Uh, and this is a, this is a trend um, that's, that's frankly been happening for a long time, but it's, it's really hit high gear. Uh, what we're seeing now are, are cities that are coming out and they've got, you know, hundreds of kilometers of connected bike paths that they're rolling out and they're rolling them out with, you know, with pylons and with painted lines and with Jersey barriers and, and really doing a kind of taking a tactical urbanism approach and, and making pretty transformative transportation changes. So of course we we're talking about that in, in Halifax as well. Um, and there's kind of two parts to this. One is about just creating some more space, so more pedestrian space for people to be able to to safely social distance from each other, uh, but also providing more public space uh, outside for restaurants to utilize. Uh, and in Halifax, we've got a great tradition of, of outdoor cafes, um, so we'll see those again, um, but, but probably in an even more expanded manner. Uh, and that's really just uh, for the fact that even when when 
you know, dining becomes available again, uh, which we hope will happen soon, there will be severe restrictions in terms of how many people can, can dine in a restaurant at any one time. Um, you know, tables will have to be distanced uh, so far apart. So the capacity of restaurants will really be limited. So by allowing them to spill out onto the street even more than they, they normally do, uh, that's one way to counteract that and, and keep those restaurants uh, thriving. So we're actively working with uh, uh, with HRM to allow for that. Uh, the obvious place that the, that we're looking at first is Argyle Street, of course. Uh, Argyle Street um, in the summertime is is closed to vehicular traffic every weekend. Uh, we're fully anticipating that will be expanded uh, this summer and uh, likely will be closed to vehicular traffic um, for the entire summer. Um, there may be some hours where loading is allowed, uh, but for the most part, Argyle Street will, will be turned over to the pedestrians uh, and the restaurants. So that'll create more space you know, for walking uh, and more space for dining as well. Uh, so that'll be exciting. And, and in fact, it seemed like that was, you know, Argyle Street was seemed like it was kind of going that way anyway. It's been designed to be easily closable. So that's something that, that's quite easy to implement. Um, but we're right now identifying other areas where, where we can potentially widen sidewalks, create great bike lanes. Uh, and it, again, it's a balancing act. You want to do things that are helpful for businesses. You want to create more space for, for pedestrians. Uh, parking is also, you know, very important downtown. We don't want to necessarily lose all of our parking. So it's it's one of those things where there is an appetite to move quickly. Uh, we want to be involved in those conversations um, to make sure that it's, that it's done in a good way. But, um, but so far, the direction from uh, from HRM Council has been uh, for HRM staff to work directly with the business commissions um, around the city um, in terms of, of identifying those areas. Uh, and that's really more around identifying those areas that, um, you know, that, that create great pedestrian plazas and, and those kinds of spaces. Uh, in terms of a, of a much larger network, there's, those conversations are happening as well, but that's, that takes a much, it has to take a much broader approach because it's really about connecting, you know, how do you, how can you connect, you know, the West End neighborhood with downtown Halifax that so you can hop on your bike and, and travel down in a completely separated bicycle fashion. It also may take the form uh, of looking at street closures um, over the course of weekends. This is something that, that happens in lots of other cities. Here we've done it as, as um, switch open streets, which happens you know, once or twice a year. Uh, but in lots of cities, they do this every weekend where they actually take major you know, transportation arterial roads uh, and, and convert them to, um, to move the cars off them and, and make them open for, for biking and walking, which again creates all sorts of great transportation and recreation opportunities. So I think we'll, we'll be seeing some changes uh, happening on that front in Halifax as well. So certainly stay tuned for those and, uh, and we welcome feedback, uh, both from our members and just the general public about, uh, what kinds of changes that you'd like to see. I think it's probably an unprecedented time to, to try some different things. Um, pilot projects, everyone seems to be much more open to that. Um, so certainly feel free to, to reach out uh, to, to myself at, uh, paul at downtownhalifax.ca or find me on Twitter, which is where a lot of this conversation is happening. Um, and, uh, we'd love to hear from you on that. And you are at Downtown Paul on Twitter. I am. Anything else, Paul? Uh, I think that's it for me for this week. All right. Thanks, Paul. All right. Thank you. That was Paul McKinnon, CEO of Downtown Halifax Business Commission. He gave us an update on DHBC's advocacy efforts and the activities of the Nova Scotia Business Labor Economic Coalition. Downtown Halifax Business Commission is committed to providing the latest information to DHPC members to help business through these uncertain times. In response to the COVID-19 pandemic, DHPC is following the directives of the Nova Scotia Health Authority and is asking businesses in downtown Halifax to do the same. DHPC has three resource pages for businesses and for the public. For the main COVID-19 business resource page, visit downtownhalifax.ca slash COVID-19. For what's open in downtown Halifax, visit downtownhalifax.ca slash open. To find out how businesses are staying connected to the community, customers, and clients, go to downtownhalifax.ca slash connect. On March 22, 2020, the province of Nova Scotia declared a state of emergency. 
The Nova Scotia government has extended the state of emergency to May 31st. Police are authorized to enforce orders under the Protection Act related to self-isolation and physical distancing and can issue summary offense tickets for people not adhering to those orders. Some of the measures the province will be enforcing are any workplace or business that is not deemed essential or not already required to close can remain open as long as two meters or six foot distance can be maintained. There are to be no gatherings of more than five people and to view the full list of businesses that are temporarily closed or events that are canceled or postponed, go to downtownhalifax.ca slash COVID-19. View full notices and other recently lifted restrictions from the Nova Scotia government at novascotia.ca slash coronavirus slash hashtag alerts. These were just some of the measures that may affect businesses, visitors, or workers in downtown Halifax. As always, Downtown Halifax Business Commission is asking the public to help support businesses in downtown Halifax, if you can, while staying safe and adhering to provincial public health orders by doing the following. Order takeout by phone or online as much as you normally would or more if you're financially able to. Order takeout. Some restaurants are offering discounts on takeout. Some restaurants are offering free delivery. Purchase gift cards now to use later. Most retailers have an online retail store. Shop online whenever possible. Some retailers are offering free curbside pickup or delivery. Some businesses are offering online classes and workshops to remain connected to the community. Again, to view what's open in downtown Halifax, visit downtownhalifax.ca slash open. I'd like to take this moment to remind listeners that we are recording this episode on Tuesday, May 19th, 2020. Alana is up next with updates on what's open and how businesses are staying connected to customers, clients, and the community. What do you have for us this week, Alana? Thanks, Ivy. Hi, everyone. I have some updates on what's open in downtown Halifax, and I also have an update on how to stay virtually connected with your downtown Halifax community. And I'm going to finish with some news regarding our new partnership with Get in the Loop Halifax. So first, let's talk about what's open in downtown Halifax. More and more businesses in downtown Halifax are starting to reopen again, which is very exciting. Here's a quick update of what has opened since our last podcast. As I mentioned last week, Lot 6 Bar and Restaurant and the Press Gang Restaurant and Oyster Bar are back and are offering curbside pickup from Lot 6 location on Argyle Street. They're also offering contactless delivery. They're both open from Tuesdays to Saturdays, 4 p.m. to 10 p.m. You can visit lot62go.ca and 2 is the number 2, so lot62go.ca or the pressgangtogo.ca or visit them on Instagram at lot6bar and at the pressganghfx for more information. Ristorante Amano is open again for takeout service and contactless curbside pickup. They're open from Tuesday to Saturday, 3 p.m. to 10 p.m. You can visit ristoranteamano.ca for more information or follow at Ristorante Amano on Instagram for updates. As You Like It Creative Bar and As You Like It 2 are both now open for takeout service. The Barrington Street location is open with reduced hours from 7.30 a.m. to 1.30 p.m. And their Hollow Street location is open for takeout service as of May 19th. And they are also on Uber Eats for delivery. Balancing Rock Coffee House in the Marriott Harborfront Hotel is open daily from 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. They have breakfast and lunch sandwiches, salads, Starbucks, coffee, and espresso for grab-and-go. Follow at Balancing Rock Coffee House for information and updates on their service. Baton Rouge Steakhouse and Bar is now open for takeout and delivery Wednesday through Sunday evenings. Visit them at batonrouge.ca for more information. Cafe Chianti is open from 7 to 11 a.m. for coffee, lattes, and fresh baked goods. They're also starting a new curbside pickup menu for their regular menu items on Friday, May 22nd. Keep up to date by following at Cafe Chianti on Instagram. The Halifax Brewery Farmer's Market has launched a new takeout market meal service called Side Door Supper Club. 
It's a weekly side door meal featuring guest chefs and menus from your favorite market vendors. Orders close Thursday nights at midnight for pickup on Mondays from 3 to 8 p.m. Each meal serves two and costs $28. For more info, visit HalifaxBreweryMarket.com slash Side Door Supper Club. The Daily Grind in Bishop's Landing is now open for takeout from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. daily. They have coffee and baked goods. Follow at Daily Grind Waterfront for updates and more information. The Wooden Monkey on Grafton Street is now open for curbside takeout and delivery. Orders must be placed one day in advance between 11 a.m. and 6 p.m., and you can schedule pickup or delivery for the next day between 4 and 8 p.m. For more information, visit thewoodenmonkey.ca. And finally, switching over to retail quickly, Mountain Equipment Co-op is open again for sales and limited services. Only a limited number of people are allowed in the store at a time. They also have reduced hours. Visit mech.ca for more information. You can view our full list of businesses that are open and open online at downtownhalifax.ca slash open. And if you're a business in downtown Halifax and would like to be included in our What's Open page or you have updates to your services, email communications at downtownhalifax.ca. If you're looking for ways to keep connected and engaged with your downtown Halifax community in this age of physical distancing, many businesses and organizations are offering virtual programming, events, and more to keep you engaged. We have a list on our website at downtownhalifax.ca slash connect, but here are a few ideas for the week of May 19th. Argyle Fine Art has introduced some new virtual programs. Artists in Studios Getting Coffee is a new live Instagram event happening on Fridays at 3 p.m. You can tune in, connect, and drink coffee. This Friday, May 22nd, they are featuring artist Kimberly Eddy. Follow at Argyle underscore fine underscore art for more information and to tune in. They also have new online workshops. Visit argylefineart.blogspot.com and click online workshops in the menu for more information and to register. The Nova Scotia Sport Hall of Fame is putting on Victory Lap, a virtual front run around Nova Scotia taking place between May 22nd and June 12th. Registration is by donation with all proceeds going to Kids Health Phone. Participants can run or walk to complete kilometers to go all the way around Nova Scotia, the ultimate victory lap. You can follow along with virtual milestones, set your own individual goals, and log your progress. This is a great opportunity to stay active and motivated as part of a team of participants while still maintaining safe social distancing. For more information, visit nsshf.com or follow at nsshf on Instagram. St. Mary's Basilica is offering many ways to stay connected with their community. You can celebrate Mass with Father Paul Morris on Facebook Live daily between Monday and Friday at 5.15 p.m. and on Saturdays at 9 a.m. on Father Paul's Facebook page. Just search Father Paul Morris on Facebook. They also have programs that you can participate in. You can follow at ST underscore MCB on Twitter for more information. And for more ideas on how you can stay virtually active during this time of physical distancing, visit downtownhalifax.ca slash connect. And if you're a business organization in downtown Halifax that is offering virtual experiences or programming, let us know by emailing communications at downtownhalifax.ca. Finally, we have partnered with Get in the Loop Halifax. Get in the Loop is a free mobile app that delivers specials and promotions directly to your phone. Download the app. Again, it is free, and you can check out the Downtown Halifax Loop for deals, specials, and promotions from downtown Halifax businesses. And if you are a business in downtown Halifax and would like to be a part of this promotion, please email info at downtownhalifax.ca. That's it for me this week. That concludes our special COVID-19 episode of Downtown Lowdown, recorded on May 19th, 2020. For more information, visit downtownhalifax.ca. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.